everybody, welcome to this week's bonus podcast, a listener question segment. It's been a while since we've done one of these, and um, yeah, you've got two fantastic questions to be listening. No, no. not listening, we're the answering, aren't they? They're the listeners, we're the answerers. Hopefully do a good job, and by we, I mean... Me. And... Me. Michael and... That's right, we've got our names right. How are you, Gemma? I'm fine. Are you ready to answer some questions? Are you, like, got full of opinions and ideas and thoughts and stuff? I have never been more ready. Good, that's what we want. We are gonna st- <laughs> uh, we're going to get cracking then. So we have got um, a question first by listener, Gentle Dreams Edit. Definitely their actual name. Absolutely. Yeah. On the birth certificate and everything. And um, they would like to know, what are some things that Corrie should never do, should do, or should stop doing. So we're in the producer's chair here, Gemma. Ian right. McLeod has been here too long. Right. And they say, Michael and Gemma, sort this out of this rut. We didn't get any TV Choice Awards this week. What do we need to do? He said, Michael and Gemma, please can you come in and help us and you can have anything you want out of the Argos catalogue. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> do we also get a lovely EE router in our homes? No, because it makes a stupid noise. <laughs> um, so, I... I the, the thing with this kind of question is it's it's easy to be negative and say, well, they can stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. So I, I want to try and make some some positive suggestions as well as some negative ones as well with a, with a little bit of constructive criticism. And I like the um, I like the format of the should never do, should do or should stop doing as well, because I, I'm not going to write anything down in the end of this. But it gives us something to, to hang everything off of. Mm-hmm. I thought we could like um, look into different areas of. Coronation Street and sort of do like a bit about characters, what they should do, a bit about stories and, and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, we'd just be randomly rambling on, which I know is what we usually like to do. But maybe today we have a sense of order to things. What do you think of that? Yeah. Gemma thinks yes. Then let's go to it. Um, if you, do you, you want to? Do you want to kick us off with anything, Gemma? Let's um, let's kind of let's go look, look at the big picture of things and look at like the production of stuff. Well, so uh, can I say something? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, what number one thing they should do? Start doing is sending us the episodes for the week so that <laughs> we can just look and watch everything and in our own time and release an episode for on Saturday morning, no matter what, every time. So that we can just watch it all when we want to and record it and we don't have to spend every single Friday. And I know nobody makes us do this. We Well, Michael makes me do it. <laughs> oh, there we go. But it would be so much better. I'd have such a nicer life if I could just watch the episodes when I want to watch them. But yeah. what they shouldn't do is put them on the hub for everyone to watch. Well, it's all right because the I hub want... is going. The, the, the days of the oh. hub are limited. You know, three weeks time. It's not going to be... ITVX is the new thing. And um, I am... I am a... Yeah, ever yeah, so yeah. slightly worried that one of the big things they're going to try and launch ITVX with is um, getting the episodes of the soaps online yeah. there before anyone else is trying up the subscription numbers. Is but... to never ever upload episodes of Coronation Street online before they have aired so that's on a... terrestrial television. So that's a something they should never do, they should isn't never it? Never do. Never because, do that because because, it's stu- because it's stupid. we've talked about this. It's just, I just I because know that it people takes like away the only one of the ma- major reasons for watching a soap, which is that you watch it as a communal experience. There are very many, there are very few live television experiences on in the world left. You know, sports hmm. are basically one of the the biggest things. I'll never be able to stop. Yeah, stop that. But if you want people to talk about it as a group. Then you really need to to make sure that you 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 show it so that everybody can watch it together. 
I don't know how much those kind of conversations actually happen, but I'd like to think... I don't think they care. No, I know. I'd like to think that they do, and prolonging it as much as possible would be lovely. It makes me wonder whether... um, They did that experiment where they put it on and they haven't done it since. So it really makes me wonder whether they had a pretty bad experience with viewing figures and stuff. They just listened to us ranting about it for hours when they were doing it. The other thing to point out is that the... the, I, I, I think... That the advertising packages are different for online versus terrestrial television. Probably. And so if I'm like Sainsbury's and I want to debut my new Christmas advert in the, you know, in on the Friday slot of Coronation Street, and then I find out that it's been online since eight o'clock in the morning and all the adverts are for blimmin' AA and mm. and uh, EE or whatever, yeah. then I'm not going to bother, am I, buying that? Because... Because the the online package has already been bought, and the online package is the online viewers are never going to be as high as the terrestrial ones, are they? They're just not. I think I think with putting things online first, I I get why you might do it because it's like well that's where everything's going, everything's going streaming. Well, it, isn't Netflix cool and everything? But I'm not convinced that the is. type of audience that Coronation Street attracts are the sort of people that would want to go online and see it first. I mean, I believe that Hollyoaks goes on, I don't know whether it's on all four or whether it's on E4 or something before the main showing of E4, but even that's a bit trendier. I just can't necessarily... I think Coronation Street... Oh, no, if Coronation Street were to do this, then they might be thinking, oh, everyone's going to be going on to ITVX, this cool new streaming platform. It's called X, yeah, everyone wants to go there. And they'll say, oh, what's this Coronation Street? Let's watch that. And I, just, I no. don't think it, that that would work. Coronation Street is not the same as other streaming shows. It just isn't. You can't binge Coronation Street. No, I don't think so. I mean... They just need to think about the fact that Coronation Street is unique and different. It's not like any other TV show. They need to have more faith in the format Mm. and not try to sell out and and pretend that you can just shove everything online. Yeah. Well, the World Cup's starting next week, I believe, and there hasn't been any um, news so far about things going online. I would have thought they would have done by this point if it was going to happen. But they have completely messed up the schedule. They have messed up the schedule. Well, you know, that's football, isn't it? Um, Okay, so so keeping on the production side of things, and what about things like, you know, your episode numbers and everything? Because um, we've been on six episodes of Coronation Street for, I don't know, four years? Or, you know three hours worth of Coronation Street a week for three, four, five years. I've lost track now. Um, and I think I think lots of people would be in agreement that something that they should never do is add any more episodes don't onto add any it. More. We don't need any more. I don't think we do. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the quality has dropped since doing it. I know a lot of people say they do. And I'm not saying the quality hasn't dropped because in some ways it has, but in other ways it's better. Um, and I, but I don't think that the number of episodes that they do each week co- is really contributing to any significant drop in quality of the program. I don't think so. Um, I just think that that three hours is a big commitment, and I, I don't think that squeezing in any extra ones is going to do any more. Now, is is something that they should do? Reduce the number of episodes. No, I wouldn't be happy with that. Now, I I, I know lots of people would be in disagreement there. And say no, put it down to you know two half an hours a week or three half an hours a week. No, um, that's that'd be bad for the advertisers. And I think us you who um, can't now, and that the only reason is advertising. But I, I think that a lot of people would be you know really right, you know quite miffed if the quality. Uh, sorry, if the number of episodes did go down, those people that really love Coronation Street say, well, how come you? No, wait a minute, what are you doing? Cutting my show down? And if and they might say, oh, you know, quality would go up and everything. But I, I, I don't. I don't really see that there is a um, you know, strong correlation between the number of episodes 
and the quality necessarily. Of course, you know, if you've got to pump out more things, it's going to be a bit of a rush. But they've got bigger teams and everything. I think they, they're managing just fine. Um, it's, it's other other um, reasons why perhaps the quality isn't always as good as you might like it to be. But yeah, I, I think keep it as it is. Um, I mean, the, the other option, I suppose, could be do you take the, the, six, ep the six hours, no, the three hours, sorry, of Coronation Street that we get at the moment and put them onto... You know, over six days, six half-hour episodes, and then you got a bit of Coronation Street every day. Um, would you be Would you be interested in that? Say that again, because I've just got text message. <laughs> what about getting your six episodes? Of, sorry, six out. No, three hours. Three hours of Coronation Street, cutting it up into six episodes because they're already written as um, yep. episodes, yep. and then putting half an hour on each day. No. I think it's nice to have breaks in between. Emmerdale's on every weekday, isn't it? You're not going to get a coherent answer out of me on some of these because I'm not watching it like I'm like I would do if I was most of everybody else. I'm watching this to make a podcast out of it, yeah. And it's going to be incredibly inconvenient for me if it's on every bloody day for six days of the week, and then the, <laughs> the seventh day is me recording a podcast. I no, I know that's true. That's true. But I just think that we need to be not just thinking about it no, from well, a I'm personal standpoint. No, I'm answering it from my perspective. I'm I'm kind of looking. Would that be good for um no. the, for the, the wider viewership? And I, I think probably not. But one thing that that would improve, hopefully, is uh, and this is the thing that I would. If I went in, if I was produced the next day, you know, the the, the the first thing that I'd want to do is be like, get rid of the three-day Weatherfield week. Because out of everything that's going on in modern Coronation Street at the moment, the fact that every single episode follows on the next day after the next one, but... There's, there's, never, there's never any gaps in between, there's never any weekend, there's never any Tuesday, never any Thursday, and everybody is just living in this bizarro world where there's three days a week... That really, really irks me, and I'm sure lots of people it doesn't make any difference to. But I, I, one thing about the older Coronation Streets that I did appreciate when, and they kind of had to do it back in the early days when there were only two episodes in a, uh, in a week, is assume that time has gone past between each one. And if you know you got your episode on the Wednesday, the next episode's on the Monday, things have happened, and people have been getting up to things that you haven't known about, and and that was just fine for me. Um, so I would say. Yeah, what they should stop doing is making it sound like no time has gone in between. And of course, sometimes you have you, you want there to be, well, I need to know what's happening the next day. They're not going to sit around twiddling their thumbs if there's been an explosion on Wednesday, just waiting for Friday to do something about it. But on the whole, I think that that could be managed a lot better. That's my little bugbear. Yeah. Um, anything else? Production-wise? Um, what about things mm, like... Um, I think they should give us... A, an official podcast status and give us money. You're thinking very selfishly again. Well, you've written marketing and I'm like, yeah, use us for marketing. <laughs> I, is there anything that, that, that they could do differently for, for marketing wise? Um, what happened to those two little TikTok boys that they were going on about giving money to all that time ago and then I've never heard... A, a I don't even know since. whether Coronation Street were the ones that went on about that. I think it was just like reported in a newspaper that they'd hired two people off of TikTok. Do think TikTok people and just said maybe that never happened? Actually, I don't know, maybe. What a weird flex. Is that... I mean, the, the, that, this is something that goes into a bigger discussion about general audience and who they're aiming Coronation Street at because it has felt over the last couple of years that they've been gunning for a bit more of a younger audience. Like, especially... Done a, I think they've done a good job, but I'm not that audience. So 
Um, I, c I can't actually tell you, but it does really feel to me like they've done a very good job of incorporating younger characters and giving them meaningful storylines that feel authentic to those that age group. If you're of that age group, mm. let me know if they've done a good job or not. I th I would say so that they've done largely a good job as well, and, and there are a good crop of younger actors on Coronation Street. You know, like late late teens particularly. Last year with the hate crime story, Asher's had a few good stories under her belt in the last couple of years. Um, at the moment, we're seeing the story with Max and and Hope going down to the to the even younger. And but the, I'd be very interested to know. So has that actually increased the viewing demographic? And we've seen, you know, from what little evidence we've got of social media. Yes, there are definitely teenagers that are watching Coronation Street. Yes, there are teenagers that are listening to the podcast. Would they have been doing that if it hadn't been for this, you know, striving to, to attract that kind of audience? I really don't know. It feels like to me lots of people watch Coronation Street because their families watched it. I don't know. I, I, I still don't see, you know, in secondary schools, do all the cool kids hang around and discuss what went down in Weatherfield. And I don't know how much marketing stories towards that kind of age group would would increase you, I don't that. think it works that way. I think what you'd need to do is hire somebody who's very popular already mm. in their own right as, as an actor on the show to bring that audience in. Mm. Well, they do put people on like Saturday morning kids TV and stuff. Like a couple of weeks ago, um, Ellie Mulvaney and a couple of others went on. Oh, I don't even know what it is, Saturday mornings anymore. So, That's you good. know, kids are getting marketed to, which is good. Um, but I, I would also say sometimes that I feel they're leaning a little bit too heavily on that. And the some of the older characters are forgotten about. Because, you know, just recently we've got the Max story, we've got Summer story, Ad Nauseam, um, we've got the, the Hope story. What? And it can be like, you no. know, the majority of the stories in the week are revolving around teenagers. So I'm not saying that they should stop marketing to that um, age range or, or trying to, you know, attract that kind of audience. But what they should maybe do is try and put a few more bigger stories with the older characters just because you've got your older audience especially you know the very very loyal audience that maybe have been watching for 10 20 30 plus years and if all they're seeing is stories related to children or to characters that are 50 years younger than or whatever then they're gonna drop off a little bit so there needs to be i would say just a little bit more balance to things um yeah but coronation street always skewed older so yeah exactly so yeah. I, I think they should yeah, be going a little bit. The show? I think that they should go a bit more back to that and skew a bit more on the older side again. Don't don't give up on the teens completely, but I, that's what I think they should do. What they should never do, just thinking about target audience and everything, is is only try and cater to one audience. And and the one thing demographic. with one demographic, yeah, that's that's the correct term. Mm -hmm. um, the because it's it, you know that's that's really difficult to do. And and the thing with soaps is you never going to get somebody who absolutely adores everything and finds that it's perfectly catered to them so um yeah keep keep up with the balance i think um right another thing i think they should do is more location shooting especially in like manchester city center i want to see people really living in a real world i want um i want to go i want to see him go on a tram that would be amazing imagine if yeah. there was that scene 
that we just had um, with uh, Darian being confronted by those horrible racists in their nasty masks and they chased him <laughs> into Victoria Gardens. Imagine if he was trapped on a tram. I'd Imagine love that. Imagine how scary that. that would be. And also, you know, that that's going to be something that's not going to be completely unfamiliar to most of the people watching who live in a city with public transport that is like a tram or a, mm. or underground. Like, we've both had experiences of being stuck on a tram or a train or a tube with people that are rowdy or deliberately singling you out and bullying you because that happens every now and then yeah and so that's the sort of thing that that they could put in and make it feel real because coronation street is doing a really really good job of expanding the set that they have and giving giving themselves lots of new spaces to film in but i don't know why i, I guess it's cheaper i think it is cheaper run. and and but cheaper doesn't always translate to... No, I mean, are we saying what they should stop doing is expanding the set? No, carry on expanding the set, but do more. start doing more. I wonder what the kind of the budget is between making a massive explosion or a sinkhole collapsing or whatever versus a couple more location shoots. Because one of the reasons that they always give for not going out on location more, apart from, you know, getting papped and, and just general interactions with members of the public and trying to keep spoiler free and everything, is that filming out on location is expensive. And they've put spent all these millions of pounds building Victoria Street, building the, the precinct that's being made at the moment, so that in the long term they don't have to pay to go out on location. So I'd be really interested to know, you know, how many, how many tram shoots or how many in Manchester shoots do you get for one massive explosion? Mm. Because I think lots of people would say, well, yeah, I'll, I'll have one less explosion during the year if I get to see a little bit more real life so I'm not looking at the same yeah, sets but again. Yeah, or... but the, the explosions are another way of advertising, aren't they? I know. It's it's very, very you difficult. to have those things. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like when they opened Victoria Street and all that kind of stuff. Isn't it kind of mind-boggling to think that for so long Coronation Street is literally just... Coronation Street and everything happened on that one set mm. and then and now we've got like double the space to walk up and down on yeah. well you got feels... a lot more characters on there now haven't you yeah. if you try to cram all of the current characters onto the original set of Coronation Street there'd be a shoulder to shoulder <laughs> well imagine if you took the original cast and you spread them out onto what they've got now you'd never mm. see any of them mm. something else on the production lines that I think that they should stop doing i would say was that one of the was that one of the things that we stop. have to do is stop. is yeah should never do should not so yes should stop doing is um i'm gonna say unnecessary filmicky effects and as a sound and visual effects because it it used to be that that kind of thing never happened at all where you had yeah, extra noise put in or or blurry camera angles or whatever and then you had it like if it was something a really special week or you know a Christmas day they might put a bit of music in before or something but it's starting to feel like it's creeping in and every two or three weeks maybe you might get somebody who's feeling dazed so they have to have dazed sound effects or you know that kind yeah, of I know thing what you mean, it but really I like takes that. <laughs> sometimes I do a lot of the time it takes me out of it um, so I'm not going to say they should stop doing that completely, but something they should do is always consider, is that really necessary? And well, was it necessary? Maybe, maybe not. Would, would older Coronation Street have been enhanced by doing that kind of thing? And I think in most cases, the answers would be no. Yeah, but you've, you're saying, you're saying that, but like one of the first, in the first week of Coronation Street, we had that really dramatic 
scene where the clock was ticking yeah, and I know. It, it zoomed in on that to indicate the characters dying. Yeah, when Mae Hardman was dying, that's very true. They were they were very, very out At there the very beginning there. of I the know. show. Because they were sort of they were performing a play. You know, it's like it's like watching a play, but they they played around a lot more with the with the medium. And I would say that um, they that's been a hallmark of Coronation Street since the very beginning because they were trying to differentiate themselves and showing yes we are we are kind of like you could watch this in your local theatre but ah could you know because you can't get this effect in a theatre mm. can you? I just don't want them to go any more down there and something I absolutely do not want them to do and I don't think touch wood that they ever will is putting on like all the 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 copious incidental music like when we watched that last week of Neighbours there was like every every other scene it had a little bit of a musical interlude going into it or during it or anything didn't they and that's definitely a hallmark of Australian and American soaps oh, no, British soaps have, that, have never done that so um, let's no, say no should motifs. never do musical motifs here's something I think they should do is make more more of a deal about their um, back behind the, behind the scenes talent and talk more on social media about Oh, yeah, do, that's a good they one. do a little bit of this, but I want more of it. Like, here, here's here's this guy who did who directed this episode. Why did you want to be a director? What what? How did you get in? The, you know, just kind of mini little things oh, like that. I think people would be really interested in that because they do every so often show a here's how we made this stunt. They sort do, of thing, and don't people they? like that. And often their stunts, and I expect them to do it, and then they don't necessarily. But I'd love there to be even like some kind of regular. Meet the back, meet this, you know, the, yeah, the crew, and that could be some, yeah, just you know, on their social some, media, on their website, or, or whatever. They've got some really interesting people that work on there, and mm. they've got real impressive credentials. And um, I think also we need to talk more about homegrown talent and about nurturing the industry and supporting people who are going into yeah. working in 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 television in in the UK. If you could inspire a whole generation of young people to go into TV mm. by doing this sort of thing, and you'd also, I said this before about the awards as well, it's like writers and directors don't exist when it comes to the awards ceremonies. Yeah, I mean, we've got the Tony Warren Award and the Bridget Soap Awards, but. And then they, you know, the, the lines and stuff, you know, that, that characters say. They always get attributed to the character or the actor. They don't write the lines. Mm. There are some amazing quotes and, and monologues and speeches. Who wrote them? Does anyone know? I mean, you can find out, but it's like, it's like, yeah. I, I don't know whether they're worried that it will reduce the mystique or whatever, but the, why do behind the scenes then? Mm. I, th- I don't know whether it would be successful or not. I'd like to think it would, but maybe, yeah, something they should do is just try it out a little bit more. Just give, give us more of a peek on how things off. are made. Yeah, yeah, I, I We really enjoyed so. doing our, go, going and looking around uh, the set when we went, and that was something that people enjoyed us talking about. Mm, and the, and the, the tour is doing well, um, so people obviously, there is a thirst for going and, you know, seeing behind the scenes a little bit. I know it's not necessarily about how it's made, but more just setting foot on the cobbles and everything. But yeah, I think people would be interested in that. Make a documentary about how you make... Coronation Street, kind of like how they, when they finished Game of Thrones, they had a documentary about how they made mm. that show. Is is something that Coronation Street should do? 
an official Coronation Street podcast where they no. talk every week about no. how they make things. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I've already yeah. asked for this. Invite, invite us up there. We can do the official Coronation Street podcast. We'd be lovely all the time. I'll start moaning if wouldn't. you give me money. <laughs> I'm really easily bored. Something else that is along those lines that I hadn't thought of before you kind of mentioned all this behind the scenes stuff is I would really love it. Here's a, here's a should do. Bring back the Corrie Good News thing with Colson Smith as a as a regular because during the pandemic, one, was it weekly he used to do that? Yeah, I think it's so. Like he, that's when he would interview the cast members or say, here's what the fans are doing or here's a sneak look at this or, or whatever. That was always something to look forward to during the weeks during lockdown when he was on. And with all these things, of course, there's a cost involved, but it just, it just makes me wonder how much cost is there would they get anything out of it apart from the goodwill? And is, you know, do they need any extra goodwill? Maybe, maybe not. But um, I'd, I'd really like them seeing... I'd really like to see them doing a little bit more um, for the fans, I guess. I, I, I think that that would, um, that, that would go down quite well. You get somebody to bloody sponsor it and then you get money for it. Yeah, why not? Sponsored by whatever. And what anything if... like this would be great for their website as well because something that Coronation Street should absolutely do is sort out their website <laughs> because it's like it's uh, it's, it's really out of date at times. It, uh, it's it's got a fine enough format and I guess maybe not enough people um visit it. But you know, on the character page there's characters like you know, Johnny Connor I think has still got a profile there among the current cast and a few of the others and there's lots of new cast members that aren't on there. I would really really like them right to see them do something to the website again probably a budget thing and you know online interaction with coronation street is so uh, heavily weighted i guess now towards facebook and, and instagram and twitter but um it just it, i i would really really like that to be a, a, a proper central kind of hub sort of place which could be the official home of coronation street in your browser and that's where you could put some of these extra um, things maybe not have them appear on social media to try and direct people towards them maybe this is something that they could do with the itbx coming up as well um i don't know i don't know okay um well what about any sorts of story wise is there anything with that that you think they need to they should they should do or they should stop, stop doing or having never multiple do? issues space storylines going at the same time you reckon um start bringing back just inconsequential character development um scenes mm. where like we had the other day with Glenda in, in the pub just chatting and, uh, you know, that's I, much more what people want to see. I think people do like that kind of thing. I, that's a really good one for should. Just slow the pace of things down. And I'd like there to be more scenes that happen in Coronation Street where I think, I don't need to write any notes about that for the podcast because it's really just people having a chat and maybe I'll jot down a funny line that's been said. That sort of thing would be lovely, but they do need to be careful to make sure that they don't overly try and say oh, look how hilarious this is because if we were to have you know more scenes of you know just mary saying oh this reminds me of the time or my mother always said th those kind of scenes to me can sometimes feel a little bit too forced comedy um rather than the the natural interactions between the characters that maybe we were more we were more used to seeing in the past so yeah more more scenes of nothing would be nice um I get why they don't do it because there's, there's they want got, to tell got stories to keep the pace and they want to keep and the they story. want to get on the front of the soap magazine and they want to 
everyone to know that there's this story going on and that story going on and what is she going to say mm. about that and what is he going to do when he finds this out yeah you sometimes will get scenes that like start off with characters just having a general natter nah. about things and then they go on to what the point of the scene is but I, I don't know there's just something about it that often makes those kind of conversations feel a little bit fake <gasps> or fake. you know listen for the symbol crash or the tush because here's something funny someone said and it and it it doesn't it doesn't need any of that it's just kind of natural stuff would be lovely and again easier said than done um i i i would appreciate that um i i would i would agree about the issues based storylines i don't mind sometimes if there are two concurrent ones but um maybe going a little less heavy on the issue stuff would be good because I, I've really enjoyed things like the Ken play story that we've had recently and um, Eileen getting clonked on the head was funny and changing personalities and stuff like that. Who's getting married at the moment? Who's having a, you know, is there a, is there a couple having a baby consensually that they intend to raise forever? Well, so no. you know, summer, Aaron? No. There's I a few issues there, are No, I didn't say there. that, did I? I? I said a couple who are going to raise their own baby. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, when was the last time there was a planned pregnancy that went off fine and everyone was happy about it and their baby had a christening and it was all just brilliant and normal? Never. Mm. When, when's the last time? The last wedding we had was probably Tyrone and Phil. No. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a different story altogether. That's, that's the bromance going a different way, um, yeah. Fizz and Phil was Fizz the last wedding on when I'm going to say. That was back in June, July time. Even... Not ages away. Mm. Don't need to see multiple weddings. You can't marry yes, you off do. everybody. Yes, you Especially, can. you know, in the, in today's oh, climate today's of not everybody decided. gets oh married my or God, anything. But... Don't get started. Yeah, I think that they should keep on going with the... the the classic soap storylines of weddings and affairs and everything. Christenings and funerals. Yeah, because that that's kind of that is everyday life, isn't it? Um, but um, yeah, yeah, the the issues ones keep 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 going with them, but don't don't overkill. Maybe. Um, what about things? They um, I, I would like it if they if certain stories weren't made as award bait. You know, because sometimes they'll put these big issue stories, it seems like they really, really push them because they want to have the names out there in the awards. And, well, I mean, this year they have kind of done that, haven't they? They can't afford to ignore that because, like you say, you think you think they haven't... Uh, yeah, they they, this, this particular this year. year, there hasn't been that big thing, but like, obviously that's going to get nominated for all the awards. Because one of the things that we noticed really, it was really obvious the last time we went to the Safe Awards was that there were really only, felt like, two storylines for every soap. And mm. when the, the award nominees cam- came in, it was like, oh, it's that character again. Oh, it's this scene again. Because the scene was nominated because it was this story and it was this moment and it was this character and it was that character and it was this, you know... it, it it's You can't take Coronation Street out of the greater world of soap. You, you just can't do that anymore. You have to... You have to pander to the the soap awards. Yeah, you so, do. You so do. you need a big okay. A story, or you know, and and currently it's very strange to me that they there isn't one this year. And I think that um, if they look back at this year, I don't know how this has happened. I don't know if it was on purpose or if we're missing like something. Didn't I think have the closest that we've impact. had this year is the Abby Toyer Imran story, but even that kind of felt like it fizzled out a little bit towards the end, didn't it? 
Um, and, well, and now I we've mean, got the Matt story, about, and it okay, feels like that could become say, it. Can I just say, if that's the, if that was the biggest story, they killed off one of the characters, and the other one's not even here anymore. So that didn't last the whole year, did it? Yeah. And I'm talking about a stories that don't just last a year, a year, but go on for years because the Platts were always involved in something mm. at the very beginning when we started doing this podcast. Their story like went across a couple of years. At yeah. one point. Well, they did do a very long um, story for Jeff and Yasmin, didn't they? That that was yeah. good. That and lasted that's not a this few year. years. That's not this year. This year, the closest we've got to anything resembling a long story is um, the saga of Steve's roof. And I don't think that's no what... I don't think that's going to be winning any awards, is it? No. Um, the other thing, kind of story-wise, that I would love them to stop doing, even though deep in my heart I know that they won't or can't, or I don't know what is this blocking of storytelling... So at the moment, you get a big story, well, you get any any story that runs for a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks, maximum maybe, and then you just don't hear about it again for another three or four weeks, and then it comes back again, and it feels like it didn't used to be like that, and I think that's just a, a symptom of you know having the big cast, having to get the rotation in, having the different director's blocks and everything like that, um, but as a, as a viewer that is something that has been very, very noticeable. And it's sometimes even with the big stories. Like, I'm absolutely stunned that the Stephen Reed storyline is being Shout. treated in this way. What do you if, mean? Well, as in, you get a couple of weeks of it and then you don't hear from Stephen. I mean, what is he doing? Where is he now? What, what's Stephen up to at the living moment? in his car. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Gabrielle's gone away. He's he's murdered Leo, but now because we haven't seen Jenny or, or Stephen or, or Teddy or anyone in recent weeks, it's like, have they I've forgotten, seen... of, well, forgotten does, about them? Well, it feels them? a bit like, story's over, he got away with it, the end. But because it isn't, is it? We know. No, but but he, it, what do you mean? It is now, because he wanted money to give to Gabrielle, and that was his only motivation for everything he did. He needed money to pay off Gabrielle. He's paid her off now. She's gone. Nobody knows he killed Leo. And uh, Teddy's gone off to Canada. He may never return because we all know Canada's full of bears. <laughs> so, it feels like that story is... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they... If they never had that sh- story in again, nobody would notice, probably. Well, Steve and uh, it feels like Coronation the end. Street don't like pe- like killers getting away with it on <laughs> they, the whole, do no, they? No, that's not even true. Why? Like who? Gary's got away with it so many times... Yeah, I guess so. But on the whole, Soap Justice still does Tracy's count for something. Out. And I, I don't think they're going to have Stephen just saying, oh, that was lucky, I got away with that. Well, he's got, gonna what's happen. his motivation then? That, that it's the end of that story as far as I'm concerned. He still doesn't have any of his own money and I think that's going to be very important to him. But no, I'm, I'm not particularly, I don't want to focus too much on that one, but I, I do think that even for some of the big stories... They, they disappear for a bit and then they come back. And that even goes back to also like the Ad, Ab, Abby and Rantoya one because it was it was amazing in kind of late spring into the Britain's Got Talent week and then, and then a few weeks after that. But then throughout, there was a huge stretch in the summer where nothing seemed to happen. Toya was off our screens. Abby was uh, was shacked up with Wendy uh, Crozier. Um, then we got, you know, Toya coming back for about a week for the trial. Then she disappears off again. So even with that huge story, they've they've not necessarily been able to sustain it, and that feels like that's the block storytelling. I feel like it feels almost as though somebody's somebody behind the scenes who did something has gone. You know, what it feels everything feels so disconnected. A lot of the current 
behind the scenes people have been doing it for a very long time, haven't yeah, they? Even the writers, because people say, oh, the, you know, the writers aren't as good these days as they used to be. But you still see some of the same names. If you watch the ITV3 Coronation Street or, or even earlier than that, you say, oh, so-and-so, he, he still writes. So, oh, so-and-so, oh, yeah, I saw her name on the credits even now. Um, so it's it's not that. It's, it's poor writers. I don't know whether it's a they're, they're giving them too many to pump out at once or or what. But um, no, it's the the, the, the block. The writing was no okay, but yeah, just just generally the, the blocking makes things very. I... And even I, I'm still and, and what I'm still sometimes if a story comes up and that hasn't been on for three or four weeks, I go, "What was the last thing that happened with this?" I don't really remember. And if I, as a podcaster, I'm thinking, "I don't remember what this character was up to last," then what what hope have we got that the the more casual viewer are going to remember it? Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I was also kind of thinking, um, oh, what else was I thinking? Um, <laughs> get, rid I mean, of, get rid of loads of characters. That's yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, some of these problems are, uh, this is just turning into a moan fest and I really, really didn't want it to, but maybe this is just well, us this being is, a bit cathartic a, about it. This is us being Brian Park and swinging the axe. To, um, to to ask somebody, what should somebody stop doing without, you know, being negative about it. Um, Get rid of loads of characters. There's a sh- yeah. And I, I couldn't tell you which ones. We've had this question a lot, a lot actually. When we've tried to say, oh, you know, who, which five characters would you get rid of, or if you could get rid of anybody, who would it be? And I hate saying it, and I hate talking about it because I think, on the whole, all the actors, I think, on the whole, again, not with some exceptions, are really great, very professional. I enjoy their characters. Um, and when it, you know, it's very, it's all very easy in, in a uh, general sense to say, oh, get rid of the, get rid of 20% or whatever. But if you ask me which ones, I couldn't tell you. Mm. Everybody adds got, something to the show. Yeah, I've got affection for, has the, for the vast to. majority of the actors and, and characters. Mm. I think it's, I think, yeah, I think it's everybody has the potential to add something to the show, but not everybody currently Nobody's, does. They're not getting Because chance. sometimes they're not, yeah, that's the thing. They're not in it enough it's, to it's, add it's something also dis, to the show. It's also kind of disrespectful to them as, as artists to, to, to have them in these contracts where they're not allowed to do anything else. And well, as in, you know, not allowed to be on Strictly, not allowed to be on well, any no, shows. Well, no, not that. No, no, no. Just like, you're, like sorry, you're, you're, you, we can't. A few of them get away with it. Like, you know, um, what's her face? He's off doing a play. Maureen Nippman. She, you know, then they're going to tell her that she can't do something. <laughs> no. But, but there's loads of people that just sit on their, on their bums doing nothing when they could be, you know, expanding their careers and. And the other thing about it, Coronation Street, I don't, they get very um, possessive of, of people. And they, you know, they, they these actors could be expanding their careers and becoming more high profile and becoming more valuable to the show. So but they can't it... because they're, they're stuck in these contracts where you might not even, like, say, say you get your episode count that you're contracted for, but it could just be sitting around in the background now. But if I'm if I'm a producer, do I want my cast members going off trying other things and thinking, oh, actually, the grass is greener over there. I'm going to maybe spread You're my wings. You're never going to run Coronation out of people Street. that are talented that can be on Coronation Street. And you, I can tell you that for a fact. Mm. You're never going to run out of people. And there's nobody in the show who is so amazing that they're irreplaceable. Yeah. Because and Coronation Street has taken people that felt irreplaceable and turned them into boring, drudgy, crap characters that nobody wants to hear from. Mm. 
they? And equally, they've themselves. taken characters that people didn't think much of, given them a mega story, yeah. and then suddenly everyone loves them. There and are you... loads of characters that I can think of that, well, quite a few characters that were superstar characters that everybody loved and they were hyped so much. Now they're barely in it at all. Mm. They could have, they could, if they had left at the height of their fame to go off to pursue other things because Coronation Street let them do that, it wouldn't actually have been as much a loss, really, because it's. I think it's better to have somebody say like, um, who played Ke- uh, Kelly? Yeah. yeah, Millie Gibson. No. No. Well, Millie Gibson or. Um, who are you thinking of? What's the what's the character? Hoopy earrings, big pink. Tina. Yeah. Big pink yeah. wedding dress. Uh, Not Tina. Oh, Eva. No. No. Big pink wedding dress. Uh, Catherine Kelly. She was in it for like Becky three McDonald's. years. She was hardly in it. Yeah. She went, bye, everybody. I've made my career here. See you later. Is that really a, de- a detriment to Coronation Street? Is she Was she so irreplaceable that nobody's been in it since who's good? That's not true at all. But she's gone on to do amazing things. And the fact that she was in Coronation Street, I think, um, is a good thing for the show. Mm. There are lots of people who, who are there who might be able to... Um, do different things with their career but they can't because Coronation Street won't let them but they also won't let them be in it either do you see what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, 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 oh yeah totally. sorry you can't go off and do anything else but um, here's your scene for the next week it's you are in the cafe eating a baked bean okay right see you next week then Yeah. what's yeah. the point of that it's really disrespectful to some of the actors yeah, some of them probably like it, but those people could stay that if they were given well, the opportunity to, well, to try Well, the people that things. like it, that's fine That's fine for them. Nobody's, I'm not saying you have to go off and be in a panto, mm. you know, but, but let people have a bit of time off. And I think the fact that some characters go off and you don't see them for months on end and you don't even notice proves that it wouldn't be such a big deal. Yeah. I think that... Um, on the, still I think the, the same... thing is, it probably would be a nightmare to, to schedule around people Yeah, I mean, people's, people's holidays you'd are probably difficult massive... enough to, to schedule around. You'd need a massive amount of time, but at the same time, if you say to somebody, right, we don't need you really for the next three months, is it really going to kill you to say for them to say, okay, well, can I do a short film? Mm. I don't know what they. I don't, I don't know. know what the contracts are like, but I just get the impression from what people who have left said, not people that are there because they would never say this, but people who have left have said, "I left because I wanted to do other things. And they wouldn't let me." Mm. How many times have we heard that story yeah, have, when we've yeah. been doing character profiles about people? Mm. Mm. Um, on the on the same um, on on the subject of characters, something else that I think that Cory should do more of is um, remembering friendship groups. And just letting people be friends. Um, I mean, the, the the classic example that I always um, hark on about is Gail and Sally, who are who were are supposed to be, and who have definitely been in the past, really really great mates. But they never have any scenes together. And I think that to to try and add a little bit more kind of warmth and joy to the program, having people just generally enjoying each other's company, maybe having a bit of a bitch or a little bit of a gossip about something, and just feeling kind of natural. And, and and relaxed with each other would be lovely. Um, people are either on this program seem to be you know workmates um, or or they're dating or married or whatever. But actual friendships, you pick a random Coronation Street character and say who's their friends, who are they friends with? Quite often, I think it'd be quite difficult. So just being able to let to see them on a on a night out or or, or something, you know, would be would be really good. I, I think that 
when when Ian McLeod came into the show, he said, "Oh, I w- I want to bring back the classic Corey comedy." Definitely, one of my mantras would be, "Let's let's be friends. Let's have people be friends. Let's let's give people that are just you know somebody who can support them because then that can lead to some really great character moments. If somebody's going through a tough time, if a character is you know going through the through the ringer, then they've got somebody who they can have a lovely little dialogue scene with." I think that that's something that Curry is maybe missing a, a little bit at the moment, don't you? I also, th- yeah, I think you're completely right because if you go back to the very beginning of Coronation Street, who were the most iconic group of characters? That was you, Michael. That was me. Put it on mute. The that would be Ina, Minnie, and Martha. Who who have we got now? Like that? No, mm. sorry, it doesn't exist. I mean, we, we have we've we've had some friends in the past, like and, and everybody looks back fondly on say Stephen Lloyd, don't they? They yeah. were great mates. You said and it like his name was Stephen Lloyd. Steve and Lloyd, not Stephen <laughs> Lloyd. Um, and, and there are some friends at the moment, but yeah, few and far between, I would say. So <laughs> let let's get that back up again. Um, and, and maybe having a few more characters try try meeting other characters that they haven't seen very much of and I think during the pandemic there were certainly a lot more blocks of characters and certain parts would never cross we're not seeing quite so much of that again um, but um, there, there's definitely still some people who never interact with anybody isn't there and it'd be nice to be able to give them the opportunity to and I think that having more scenes in the rovers which is uh, absolutely should do is um would would facilitate that just a natural place for everybody to congregate and have a bit of a chat and a, and a debrief at the end of the day because the the cafe now is far far too overused I believe uh, and that and that maybe is a should stop doing stop having everybody having their breakfast at the cafe it seems and start doing actually showing people having their breakfast at home. We so rarely yep. see characters. You never see them have breakfast have, together. No, they don't. And, and, and that's a good character building thing, isn't it? Yeah. And another thing that's happened, it feels like it's just kind of happened recently. And I think it's because of relationships that have, that have happened. But it feels like the, the, um, the family units are a lot more blurred than they always used to be. Mm. Because there's lots of people who are now in multiple families at once. Yeah, which yeah. didn't really happen as much as it as it does now, you know. Yeah, back, like the plats in, include um, Adam now, and Adam's also involved in the, um, obviously in the Barlows, but mm. then so is um, say Carla. That's weird. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's not, that's how families work, but I feel like the family unit thing used to be a bigger part of Coronation Street. Mm. Like, here's the fam, here's the Blah family, here's the Blah family, here's the Blah family. The only per- the only group you could say that about is the Blimmin' Baileys. The Baileys. And that's one thing that I will always, you know, um, say, yeah, well done, keep doing that too. So keep keep on having families like the Baileys where they just have, you know, their, their Bailey scenes. Mm. And I, I, I would, I'd like that to be... But we always complain a... that Baileys are uh, separate from everyone else. Yeah, I so know. What, so but what... You can still have uh, lots of families having their own separate family things, and then they come together in the pub at the end of the day. Yeah. And and you got you and and again just generally having a chat and seeing how these different characters bounce off each other. Um, I w- I would definitely I would definitely want to have that. Um, much 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 less cafe. Um, 
And there's nothing particularly, you know, nothing I, that I can think of that makes the cafe a, a worse place than the Rovers. But I think as a traditionalist at heart, to have, the Rovers should be there all the, the time. Rovers that should, should be, be the heart of the more, show. And, and it's not, it feels like the cafe is. And, and occasionally you get your bistro and your speed dial. Something that's linked to what you said about the location shooting is I'd like... I would really desperately like to see them go out and film in some real restaurants a little bit more because it's becoming a bit of a joke. People saying let's go out for a bistro for our for a treat for our tea because again it seems most people seem to go there for to the bistro two or three times a week. Yeah, there's only two places to eat in Weatherfield. Weren't they eating their own house? Yeah, that's that's honestly that's really true as well. You don't often see characters sitting down and having their tea, the do you? The only people I can think of that do that are the Nazirs and the State Browns. And even the State Browns of you only hear them saying, mm. "Oh, let's have our dinner." There's a lot. I more... mean, you saw you saw Hope with her sausage <laughs> <laughs> this last week, but yeah, it feel very. I mean, I guess again, it's one of these things where it's a bit of a pain to film because you got to get all the the props and, mm. and stuff I don't and know. it is also a, a, a reflection on modern times as well that maybe ca- families don't sit down and have dinner together um as much as they used to but that's not the sort of realism that we really want no no is it? so yeah i i think i i'd really like to see them to do i that. think we should probably stop now we've got so much more that we could say but we've gone been going for i just want to know just just one one final one we, we haven't done very many of the should never do's and it's making me think, like, is there anything that Coronation Street has done before that we say, don't do that again? Don't or is have there a... everybody singing a Christmas song together that then bleeds into another scene. <laughs> or is there anything that we know that other soaps do that we don't want them to do? Like I said, they should never start putting loads of incidental music, music in. Never do that. I, I would also hope that Coronation Street never gets to a stage where they go utterly crazy, like some of these American soaps you hear of. of Having you know, the devil in it. Yeah, or, or, or completely, or, or super supernatural stuff, or um, even, I, I don't want them to do anything like EastEnders did, when there was a character who was pretty much canonically dead in, in Den Watts, and having him come back because, you know, for the shock value, and, and looking at what happened there. But they can do that there, within but they, regret, they can maybe do that. I don't know what that. happened there, they did. They, they or Den was shot by a canal or something, and then he came back, and then everything went wrong because the actor was a bit naughty online. Never um, get rid of the rovers. Never get rid of the rovers, but 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 yeah, never, never, never flagrantly say we can we don't need to worry about canon, canon and continuity because that's something that Coronation Street has got going for it. That's that it none of the other TV soaps have a 60 year heritage and I know Emmerdale's been going 50 and everything but never starts to say uh well we don't nobody will remember such and such so therefore we can do this and and it, it, occasionally it slipped through but on the whole they're, they're pretty good at, at keeping to respecting its own history and I think that's really really important that, that they, they keep on doing one final thing more merch please oh yes merch would can be lovely can we not have a sodding calendar <laughs> definitely more merch can I just suggest the, 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 the idea that if a calendar exists in Canada it might be possible to import it in a fairly cheap and reasonable <laughs> pricing for here I, I think so if I it's been so. designed and it's sold in Canada is it really so much could you not just pop someone down to Tesco and have them print out a bunch of calendars. <laughs> Honestly, even if you make a quid off of all of them, is it not worth having a having a punt? Having a bash at it, go on. How about this? Coronation Street and Argos calendar with everybody enjoying their new sofas and 
beautiful <laughs> beautiful um yeah how about this instead of having a the argos catalogue just have the argos catalogue but all the all the pictures have got coronation street garages in there going <laughs> bloody love this sofa this is brilliant look at this plate i'm eating my beans off of great um Anna, here's my final one as well. Uh, I think that they should definitely make all the old available episodes available online somehow. Do you reckon the reason they don't do it is because they know that some of them are well dodgy and they can't be bothered to watch them to to weed it out? They probably are. There's probably some things back in the older days. Can you imagine if they just put everything online and then like five minutes later everyone's like, "Uh, what did you say about gypsies? Yeah. Somebody, somebody's job would have to be to sit down for you know, every day for many years to say I'm going to watch everything in Coronation Street and anything there that's a little bit we need to have a warning on it well, we'll we just put a warning at the beginning of all of them Coronation Street was filmed in 1961 get over it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't complain. Okay, um, well, there's our very long ranty answer to the question. I, I didn't want to be ranty, but you're right. If people are saying what what should they do, what shouldn't they do, what should they never do, then it's naturally it's a way be, of saying... Yeah. What, should you, they never st- what should they stop doing? Never stop smiling. Not, well, we're not that sort of people, are we? I think I think that is is very a very good point actually. To never never give up on the comedy and smiles in favour of pure drama. And here's one final one: never stop. Never stop. Yes, they should never stop. Never stop making stop. it so that we can complain about it. There's like you said, we could have gone on about this for a very very. You've got long a lot time. of notes that you've I've written. I've got plenty. And, uh, there's a lot more to say, but yeah, um, is... I'd be really interested to hear um, listeners' takes on this one. So give us a give us an email at conversationstreet at gmail if you want to share some of your should do's, should never do's, and um, and should what's the should... other one? should away. stop doing or something like Never that stop, I think that's what it. it was thank you for your great question gentle dream edits but it's time to move on to the next one and um, the, hopefully this one's going to be a bit more of a whimsical discussion Ooh. because um, this one comes from listener George who would like to know now that the UK will take over from Ukraine as host as the 67th Eurovision next May which of the residents would you choose as presenters and um, he has given a, a little bit of extra um, uh, conditions to this that we, we may or may not stick to. But he says, um, you must pick three and they have to be currently living on the street so that you can't pick any, so you can't pick anyone who's dead or any character that has left the cobbles. Also, you need to make one of your three picks, three picks, the green room host. So, Gemma. Yeah. What, what are you up to I've at the moment? I've dropped something and I don't know what it was. It came out of the Coronation Street Rovers thing. Oh, we'll have a look later. We'll have a look later. We'll find it. So, Eurovision, Gemma. Tell me about your long-time love of Eurovision. What's Eurovision? <laughs> what do you mean? You you got me into Eurovision. Did I? I love it. you got to have a party every year, have everyone come round, everybody watch it, and go, oh, that was crap, that was crap. Everyone's got to have a scoreboard for what they think they like. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I, and we always have to complain about nobody voting for us, except for last year yeah, when we, we really better. should actually have won. Yeah, um, yeah. You, and I, it's really Putin that made us lose. I kind of I watched it on and off before I met you, and you know, I don't but, understand how you could not be fascinated by Eurovision Song Contest. It's I, like the loopiest thing. It in the was world. never like a big Dodson family party. Let's get the scorecards out or anything. But maybe I might watch it on a Saturday night if there's nothing else on, just to see what the songs were. But it's certainly become an event in our household over the last twenty years, hasn't it? Yeah. And uh, it'd be very sad if it ever were to end. So now we get to add our own Coronation Streety twists to it by um, choosing three characters.
characters. Yeah, so it takes place in uh, 2023 in Liverpool. Yes, that just was announced in the last month or so, wasn't it? So it's good. It's, it's, you know, that's only a stone's throw away from Manchester, so it's not out of the realms of possibility that uh, a Coronation Street character could... Okay, it's not going to happen. But But I um, think, I mean, I I saw this and immediately thought, I know exactly who I'm going to pick. I, I haven't thought at all. I've just been kind of thinking of things like, you know, what are the qualities of a good Eurovision presenter? Who on the street would even be interested in Eurovision? The thing is about it is that I don't remember the last time we ever hosted the Eurovision Song Contest. And I think a bit of the charm of it for me is that it is just so loopy and foreign. Mm. Well, uh, Katrina in the Waves last one, I think it was 97. So maybe it was it was at least, you know, almost 25 years since yeah. we've had it. But the, my favourite thing about Eurovision is the fact that there are three hosts who can't, who, who obviously have English as a second language and make jokes for an audience of people across the, across the whole continent, all of whom probably have English as a second language, who... And the sort of level of humour is so bizarre and and weird because it's kind of like translated back a million different times and it's got to make sense to everybody. So they'll be like, hello and welcome to the Eurovision Song Contest. I can't wait to get on with the songs. (laughs) So are we going to have some... um, We can't have... We're not going to have that here. We can't have that exact thing, but do we choose Coronation Street characters that have got... um, very interesting accents because we've um, got a few. We've got to have pe- we've got to have people that everyone can understand their accents. Okay, so, so they... luckily on Coronation Street, I think everyone has got. A I think everybody's fair. You know, if there was a really thick, thick, broad Adam can't northern. Do it. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be understandable. <laughs> I, 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 I think that yeah, pretty much everybody could. I mean, do, do we get Alina back to to add up that yeah. bit of the the, the Euro? Um, experience yeah the euros pop to it maybe yeah, I, I don't know whether I'd, I don't know whether I'd be up for that to be honest who do you think like on Coronation Street watches Eurovision which characters every year sit down Glenda Sean Billy um I think David watches it secretly when Shona goes to bed and Shona watches it during the day. I, I kind of like to think that Jenny does, but I know that Sal, Sally Ann Matthews, who plays Jenny, is a, is, a, is a big Eurovision watcher, but it seems like that's quite campy enough for, for Jenny to get into. I think... Um... I wonder, I, I, I think that people, like Paul probably would. I imagine him sitting there in his unicorn onesie. No. Sometimes they make him say things that that make him to try and make him seem more in touch with that kind of culture than I, I know what you're saying but I don't I don't th- Paul yeah when they say oh Paul's got a unicorn Wednesday I think no he doesn't does he yeah no exactly no no I agree with you Gemma probably watches it oh yeah she'd, she'd be up for it wouldn't she or, or like um, which other households could it be on I don't know really um, I mean I don't imagine like say the Allahans do Kevin clearly wouldn't watch that but Abby, is she going to get him into it? Maybe, maybe not. Platts, like you said, David, maybe in secret. Don't know about it. I could, I could see, I could see, you know, Gail getting really into it actually, because we we've seen her having a bit of a bop round the kitchen, haven't we? While she's doing her, uh, while she's doing her cleaning or whatever. Well, I can imagine. I can see that being a secret love of us. I can imagine um, Sally watching it because she thinks it's cultural. Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. learn. And she'd be like, Tim, you can learn a lot about different people if you watch Eurovision mm. Song Contest. And then they both sit down and then some some like comely um, 
uh, milkmaids come out with their baps out and Tim's suddenly very interested in being <laughs> cultural. Yeah, and Sally uh, does her shocked look. Okay. Um, Not that kind of culture. <laughs> what, what else does it... Can I just say that, oh, go on. that Eurovision Song Contest actually is very widely watched in this country. It had 48% of viewership share... Obviously, not everybody's watching television at the same time, but about 10 million people watch it in the UK, which is actually massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Jenny should have it on in Italian. Actually, I would say, you know, at least 20, 30 people in the Coronation Street cast would probably do watch characters would be watching Eurovision Song Contest. I think that they should have a Eurovision Song Contest watching. Um, party in the Rovers, but I know they won't because it's a BBC programme. Yeah, not allowed to mention it, probably. Yeah, no. but, uh, yeah, EastEnders would have it, wouldn't they? Do you think they'd be like, oh, are you going to watch the song contest later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about occasionally watching the football, don't they? But I suppose that's also on three as well. Yeah. Um, so what what else? Because we're not going to be able to get that um, that unique Euro or European language linguistic kind of kookiness to it but what else would you say humor. were the qualities of a good eurovision um, presenter because wear I... a, a nice outfit yeah very good looking gotta be very person personable i think they've got to be able to paint a smile on and and smile through anything because sometimes you know live tv can go a bit wrong can't it and you know, and, and they've got to be you know have this perfect grin Tell you who they need. white teeth uh, Amanda, not Amanda Holden. Mm-hmm. Somebody who knows what the countries are <laughs> and can recognise them by the flags <laughs> and knows where they are in the world. Well, David did do really well in his geography GCSE, I remember, so we might be able to help out with that one. Can I just say, one thing I'm grateful for, and I hope that I don't get proven wrong on this, is that I'm fairly sure that because it's BBC, we're not going to get Ant and Bloody Deck or bloody Holly Willoughby and stupid uh. Philip Schofield doing it. Because if they were the presenters, I think I'd have to not watch it. Well, they're not Coronation Who's presenting it? So it's okay. I, I don't know whether it's been... I mean, I, I had a look back at past UK hosts of it and I don't even know who Katie Boyle is but apparently she presented it four times back in the back in the day Angela Rippon presented it for us once he's <gasps> a he's a he's a, a an old TV news reader we need um and uh, what um challenge Annika oh yeah Annika Rice yeah she might be good the last people to present it here was Ulrika Johnson and Terry Wogan they presented the show after um Katrina and the Waves won it in the, in the late 90s but um yeah I, I think that I think you've got to be able to be very positive. Good looking is definitely important. You've got to be like a master of the dramatic pause. And probably lots of people on Coronation Street are quite good at that. They're used to all the cliffhangers and everything because, um, you know, to, to reveal the, the, the points or whatever and the person in second place is... Azerbaijan or whatever. Yeah. Um, and who's so... the one who, d- who used to do Dermot? Dermot O'Leary. See, I've just googled, and apparently the three favourites for the UK are Graham Norton, mm. which I think would be a mistake because we need him in the in the little room going. And this is a bit weird. Yeah, but Terry Wogan is used to do that know, job, and right. he presents. So it probably will be Graham time. Norton. Um, Davina. Oh yeah, Davina McCall. Brilliant. Would be good. And Ryland, I was going to say him as a joke, but I think he'd be great in the green room. Probably could be. He probably. I, mean, I don't know whether in the green room there's often a presenter. Some years there yes, are, and some there, there isn't. But yes, George has asked are. us to pick a green room host yes, anyway. They are. I think it's. About. I think we definitely need to present somebody who's um, delivering the dry, sarcastic commentary as well. So we we got going okay, to be a fourth person we need to to have in there. So um, you... Alison Hammond is probably is apparently a a big. 
I think if they, I tell you what, if they get, if they get those two that I just mentioned, Holly and well, Bill, we're not talking about the actual ones. We're trying to get competition for these do, people, Gemma from Weatherfield. Them. You said that James Corden. No, don't think not so. Really watching it, if he's doing it, Gemma. You said at the beginning of this, you had some strong ideas for who you wanted to be your um your presenters. So um, tell me, sell thought, them to me. Well, Daisy, Jenny, and Glenda. Oh really? Yeah. So what? What? What's your reasoning? But for then those I saw ones? you put somewhere like, do we want diversity? And I'm like, oops. I think that maybe we do want to have diversity. No, I think that's I want, quite important for. for I want Glenda. I want to Glenda, to Jenny, show that and we're Daisy. A pot. No. What? What? Why those want, two? Because, or three. Not. Not. I'm against diversity, obviously, but I want my picks. <laughs> why would they make good presenters? Glenda is brilliant because she can sing and she's got that razzmatazz and and gloss and, and glamour, mm. right? And then De- and then she's a great. And I was thinking, I wanted Jenny and Daisy because they're a brilliant double act just by themselves anyway. And then those three together, I think, would be great because they're good at entertaining people. They're good at talking to people. They can engage all different sorts of diff- of people in conversation, and they look nice in dresses and they're all really pretty. I think Daisy might be good for the for the glam young side of it and yeah stick her in a sparkly dress and uh with it with her baps out uh and, and everything would, would probably go down a treat with the viewers <laughs> but i i don't know whether I, I think she might i don't think i she would be able to be naturally projecting happiness and joy and positivity enough i think that she'd okay. kind of be a bit sarky about, about... it and the same with jenny no all right then how about jenny glenda and billy jenny glenda and billy Jenny and Jenny and Billy doing the main bits and Glenda going around the, the green room going, Are you alright? Are you having a good time? Did I you like your song? I did, I think it was great. I don't know what about you, what made you bring a donkey in? I don't know about Billy. I I, I know that maybe no, what do you mean? He does his sermon every week. Oh yeah, I guess he He's does have the presenting skills performer. there, doesn't he? Yeah. I could I could see him um he could standing there during the tense bit, just wringing yeah. his hands, going, yeah. Oh all the the, the, but but then if things did go wrong during the live transmission, I could just see him kind of freezing a little bit and looking very worried and yeah, pained and hoping that somebody would be able to save over him. The cracks, wouldn't she? Maybe. I mean, we haven't said Sean as a as a possibly obvious one. I think that well, if you don't want somebody who's dry and bitchy, I think that you know adding the camp the... element to it would certainly well, I be. Billy's kind of camp. Yeah, kind of, he is, I suppose. Well, I think that Sean would be quite good taking over Graham Norton's job of uh, talking about all the dramas and the weird stuff that we're about to see. I think that Jenny would be better than that. I, I can't... Actually, do you know who would be perfect for who? being Graham Norton? David Platt. Oh, yeah. He would be David, so fantastic. Yeah, David Platt doing the commentary. He'd yep. be awesome. He wouldn't hold back on, no, his, he would not. on his sarky remarks, yep. would he? Yep. He'd be legendary. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I don't know whether there's anybody that can top that. But just just being there on the out out on there for the show. I mean, I I suppose another point that you could say for Jenny is um she she has been to lived in France for a little bit, hasn't she? And she uh, really she's been on the cruise ships. So I imagine that possibly maybe bilingual and and that's Jenny's very Jenny's been on the cruise ships. Yeah, yeah, Jenny yeah. Jenny worked on the cruise ships for a bit, but then means. so <laughs> so did Glenda. So maybe having some uh, multilingual skills would be quite important. Um who else we got? I need to see like a cast list or something to see if anybody jumps out at me. You load up your cast list on your phone for me. Um I think that for like the the funny humor why I I I wouldn't be adverse um 
to put in Dev up there in the presenting duties. Dev would definitely get I think he's that got the cheese awkward, factor. Awkward, like, weird pauses and clapping his hand together and looking around like, what has gone wrong what now? What do we do? <laughs> I think he'd be good because he's generally able to stay happy and, um, you know, he's maybe, we're, maybe we want Dev from maybe 20 years ago doing it when he was a little bit more but more youthful because I think the youth is certainly important but uh, no, I, I think that he, he could be quite fun on it um, he, and, and you know as a Eurovision um, presenter you always got to be on your feet and he's been stand, he always stands behind that counter all day doesn't he so yeah, he's he certainly standing. used to just standing around um, who else we, I, I mean having a I, I've got a cast list now and I'm just thinking like is there any are there any like super mega cheesy camp people I don't know whether there are I mean do you think like Abby would be good she's certainly got the teeth for it for, for, for sparkling those gnashes in front of the millions of people but I don't know whether she's she's quite what they need what do you think no um so no she's not not glitzy glammy enough what about she? What about, uh, I know I just said I want something youthful, but what about, like, yeah, Audrey? Rita. No. You won't be able to shut her up from singing. <laughs> she'd, probably, she'd just be jumping just on the stage, on stage and join in with them. Of people. Well, Audrey could possibly be fun. No, because she she's not very got very good microphone etiquette. Has she not? Didn't she do a Oh, yeah, she drop? did drop that mic, didn't she? That's very <laughs> true. It's a, it's a shame kind of being constrained to current characters, really, because I'm... I think my picks are great. I don't think you're going to top my picks. I think Glenda is a, is an absolute must out of everybody. Yeah. I mean, Dee Dee might be quite good as well. I was thinking Dee Dee well. would be quite... She'd be quite good in the, in the green room, maybe. She's very sympathetic. She's got a nice smile. She'd be able to engage with people. I don't think she's got a brilliant sense of humour. That I not, have can't seen. tell yet. No, she just seems like a nice person. She's yeah. not like funny. No, but she is quite extravagant from from what we've seen so far. And, uh, and she's got fashion. Quite... Yeah, she she does. She does. She wore that weird blazer the other day, which had everything drawn on it. Oh, when yeah. she went to court with Stu, if I was the judge, <laughs> I'd be like, right, throwing this coat out. <laughs> so, uh, I'll I'll definitely go with Glenda. I just I don't know. I don't know why. I... I'm not well, feeling Jenny and Daisy of, so much. Of Terry Wogan as salt and pepper haired statesman of the street, we have to have Ken Barlow. Uh, no, I don't think Ken so. Ken Barlow, um, Jenny, and and Glenda. <laughs> um, what about? I mean, I I know that George said that we that we weren't allowed to have older characters, but is there anybody from from? Go- days gone by that you think would be natural fits because if you try to give us rules when you ask us questions it always chaos ensues yes we're not we don't we don't stick to no rules like emma could be quite good no no do you think she'd be a bit too forgetful um fred elliott fred what if you wanted to take twice as long as it would have done (laughs) your vision goes on long enough i say no nice song um what about archie shuttleworth why are you just saying random names? I'm not reading them off your list. I know, but they're not going to be a good Eurovision host, are they? Would Would Becky make a good Eurovision host? No. I think you put a, put a couple of bottles or something inside her. She might be up for it. I think a young Rita Tanner. I think that young Dennis Tanner would be perfect. Dennis for this. Tanner would be brilliant. He'd lend the camp factor. He's all about oh, showbiz, isn't he? I would love he? him. Get get nineteen sixties Dennis Tanner in charge of. Uh, yeah. He can. He doesn't even need any co-hosts. He'd be able to do that. He'd be doing. Is there anybody himself. else that's like? Um, 
you know, you, Michelle, she's she's a bit, uh, been on stage a few times. What about um, the Irish singer that she's... Oh, what, Kieran McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. He's certainly got the looks, hasn't he? I know I'm just thinking of him being Keith Duffy from Boyzone as well. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of looking down my list here, but other old characters. Claudia? No, you you're really going for the old ones, aren't you? Um, oh, what about okay. just what about just sticking bet there? Or or somebody like you know. Um, you'd have to you'd have to lift the smoking ban. Yes. What what about um what was the name? Oh gosh. Um, oh, what was what was the the oh, gosh, completely got my head. The, the 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 young teen from the early days of it. What was her I was name? I was trying to think of her earlier. Hewitt. Lucille Luce, Hewitt, that's Lucille it. Lucille Hewitt, she can do go-go dancing. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm saying from the old picks, yeah, getting, getting bet, getting... It was the other one that I said that was good. Um, don't listen to you. No, you don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I think we're kind of running out of things to say at the moment. What about it's, Rosie Webster? Oh, yeah, get Rosie up there. She'd, she'd add a touch of glam to it, wouldn't she? Yeah. Maybe, like, Maxine could do a good job of, of presenting. No, Maxine was always very wooden. What about Raquel Watts? She's a professional model. Oh, yeah, she... she, she and she uh, knows how to smoke. She does, doesn't she? That, that could She trained work. herself. Mm. I don't know, and, and, and I certainly feel well, that we, we haven't given the best answer to this I, one. Excuse but, me, my picks have all been brilliant. My picks have been really good. I should have, I should have maybe. Did you not even bit... think? I, I thought, thought that we might just be able to come up with things well, as we went. Because you refused to acknowledge my greatness. If you acknowledged that, that those are brilliant picks, then we'd better move on from this. They're they're quite good picks. Oh well, screw you. <laughs> I'm going to take all the credit for myself there. Tell you who I would like. Also, if you're going to have classic characters in the in the booth instead of um, instead of Graham Norton, Irma um, Barlow would be fantastic. And oh, she yeah. can speak French as well. I, I, no, I think Irma <laughs> Barlow might be a good just general presenter, to be honest. I, 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 You'd I, have to have subtitles for her, probably. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> but, I mean, she's... she's Yeah, uh, no, that, that, that would work for me. She's um, got great hair, too. Yeah. The taller the hair, the better on Eurovision. Yeah. Okay. If we're going by, by height, hair height, then her and, and um, Beth should definitely do it together. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dennis, Dennis Tanner. Yeah, Dennis Tanner. Irma and Barlow, Barlow and Bettland from from the old guard is the is the best that I can Everybody come up with at the moment. Everybody who's classic episodes know that there is no lie detected there. Yeah, yeah. Classic, classic trio. Or maybe of Eurovision or, presenters. Or, or do we go for Alina Pop, Ivan Chavesky, oh, yeah. and and who else we got? Vicky from the factory. Yeah. As uh, as three European representatives for Coronation Street. I don't know. I don't think they'd make the best hosts. There you go. Done it. We're done. Thanks for letting us um, pick the Eurovision. Uh, sorry, George, that maybe we didn't come up with the best uh, answers no, I think, for that. Uh, but uh, no, sorry, sorry, we didn't. Okay. The the the. the so goddamn rude. No, that we didn't. Sam Ryder would be so proud to be on stage with anybody I've, I've mentioned. We didn't mention lots of characters or be able to really think about why they would and wouldn't because I think the answer is not many Coronation Street characters of years gone by would at, or, or of, of the current cast would actually make the best It's hosts. because they're all very normal people and that's yeah. kind of a testament to Coronation Street and being able to make everybody seem fairly normal. Grounded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, think, I think we've got a few there. That, uh, that that would do. 
but definitely David David Platt in the uh, in the commentary booth is, is absolutely. Oh, I keep unmuting it. I'm sorry. Right. Are we are we done? Is is this it for our listener questions podcast of the week? If anyone's got any better suggestions, please please do write in and tell us because um, I think you probably could top us on that one. Definitely me at least. Um, but yeah, that's it. We are done for this listener questions segment. Thank you everybody for listening. If you've been listening all this time, Gemma, have you got any final words that you'd like to say to our lovely listeners before we sign off for the evening? No. Oh, sure. Um... Make sure you what when you're having a shower. Make sure that you wash between your toes. Very important. Thanks for that, Gemma. We're going to be back this weekend. We're talking about everything else that's been going on in Coronation Street this week. But for now, goodbye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastteam.com. <laughs>